Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, we're back in the studio. Eric Allenson, Michael Sharp, as always, for episode, Mike, what is it? Number 33. Number 33. I can't believe it. Uh, 33 episodes over the course of two academic years. Uh, we're still going strong, my friend. It they, feels they, like we started yesterday to me. It, it kind of does, doesn't it? And, and we haven't yet been kicked off the air, which no. I find amazing. Right, right. So what's up, Eric? Um, Mike, it's, it's, you know, busy time, uh, for me, busy time, I think for most of us in, in higher education as we're wrapping up the, the semesters and, uh, in co-op specifically trying to, you know, find those, uh, final placements and, and positions for our students. Um, so that's been a big part of it. And then it, it, Mike, I, I would say also, uh, we've kind of overlapped with conference season. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we just got back from, uh, Denver, Colorado. Yeah, CEIA, the Cooperative Education and Internship Association. Right. That was a good time, wasn't it? It, it was a very good time. Uh, my first time to Denver, so yeah. I had a chance to, to Likewise. Check, check that city out and see how much uh, growth they are experiencing in terms of infrastructure, their economy, job opportunities out there. Um, and uh, I was really, really impressed. So yeah. it, it was a good, good conference experience for me. Absolutely. You know, I was glad to go and uh, happy to find myself there, Eric. We were able to talk with lots of people about the relaunch of Experience Magazine. So that was good. But then we sort of snuck in being able to promote the Tapioca Radio Show we as did. well. We did. We, we, uh, I think you uh, coerced some folks I did. And, and snuck in promotional flyers. Right. Uh, somehow I think they were hidden in like an inside pocket of a large coat. It was wearing? a false bottom of my uh, luggage. Yeah, that that it's could a be compartment. Yeah, that that could be for, out for uh, propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> materials. Okay, but Eric, I was very impressed with the just the sheer amount of people that were really interested in uh, Tapioca Radio Show. Yeah, yeah. I think we uh, struck a vein there, like we have done at other such educational gatherings. Yep. And I think this idea could uh, be replicated at other institutions. What do you I, think? I, I think it absolutely can. I think uh, just based on some of the responses we had from individuals that attended uh, CEIA and, and had a chance to see our, our booth uh, as, as we had it set up. It was um, pretty uh, extravagant, that, that booth. It, <laughs> it was. You brought all – yeah, you held nothing back. You brought out all, all of your branding materials, including, I think, a generic tablecloth, and that was pretty right. much the extent of it. Right. Um, Ketchup stains on it. Yeah, yeah. It was – It was. Uh, I'm just kidding. Po- poorly organized by at least one of us. Um, <laughs> and then uh, – but, but nonetheless, we had a lot of foot traffic. We had people come by and, mm-hmm. and indicate interest in the show and, and the concept of exploring uh, various forms of experiential learning through the platform of radio. And, and that's yeah. – you know, that's been our goal uh, since the inception of this. And, right. and hopefully we can expand our listenership and, yeah. and possibly even our um, our guests as, as a result of that promotional experience. Yeah. So episode 33, Eric, uh, guests number 56 and 57. Can yeah. you believe that? That's a lot. 57 people have agreed to, for whatever reason, come in here and sit with us and talk. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. Again, I just come back to this idea of coercion. I think something's happening right. where you're – you're making people uncomfortable. I don't know if there's blackmail associated with it. Only for about half of the guests. For about half of the guests? The uh, two that are here today, no blackmail was involved. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll believe that. Maybe 40%. Okay. Okay. Um, but Eric, so uh, 
over 14,000 listeners, approaching 15,000 listeners, 10 countries, 33 episodes, 57 guests. Yeah. How about that? We're rocking it. We're rocking it. We're, we rocking we're getting it. close to that number of 20,000, and I think if um, I think if you hadn't been so, so sick and um, just irresponsible throughout the course of this last semester, we would have offered more shows, and we'd probably hit that mark of 20,000. Well, Eric, I think the record will show that given your newborn baby Owen yep. – that uh, you've repeatedly been uh, down with the sniffles and sore throat. Yeah. So let's not let's pin sounds, that on me. It sounds like a tall tale. I, I don't yeah. believe it. So, Eric, who's on the show today? So we have uh, first, uh, very, very excited about this, MB Riley is on the show with us. She'll, she'll come back in our second segment. Uh, we'll have a chance to chat with her and a little bit about MB's background. Yeah, so MB has been here at the university for many, many years. I'm not going to mention the years, but it's been many. So she knows where the skeletons are buried, if that's one way to put it. Uh, MB knows almost everybody. You know, Eric, you and I think that we know some people. We know a tenth of the people that MB knows. Yeah. MB is the director of communications here at the university. But what we're really excited about is a book that she wrote called The Ivory Tower and the Smokestack, which is a very fine read that details the history of UC as being the world leaders in cooperative education. So we're going to get a chance to talk with her about that a little bit. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then, Mike, we have Amy Thompson on the show. Amy Thompson, the wonderful Amy Thompson. I got a chance to get to know Amy a little bit better through, I think we've talked about it on the show here, Yeah, leadership action class. Yeah. Um, so Amy is uh, um, fairly recently been appointed through the Cincinnati Chamber of Commerce as the director of leadership action. Leadership Cincinnati, both very popular programs, along with some other work. So she's going to talk with us about that. Very cool. Well, Mike, we've we've got an action-packed show. We do. Uh, What do you say we take a quick break and then we come back with MB Riley? Let's do it. All right. Everyone stay with us. You're listening to the Tapioca Radio Show here at the University of Cincinnati. It's just another night and I'm staring at the moon. I saw a shooting star and thought of you. I sang a lullaby by the waterside I knew if you were here I'd sing to you You're on the other side As the skyline splits in two Miles away from seeing you I can see the stars from America I wonder do you see them too So open your eyes and see The way our horizons meet And all of the lights will lead Into the night Of our hearts be 
Welcome back to the Tapioca Radio Show. Eric Allenson, Michael Sharp. We're here for segment two. We have a uh, wonderful guest, M.B. Riley, here from the University of Cincinnati. Uh, the, the intro song you're actually hearing is by a local Cincinnati band uh, that M.B. selected, and I'm, I'm glad she did, The National. The right? National, yeah. The National, and they were, um, from, from what I'm learning, uh, a group of students that were in our, our DAP program, really? surprisingly. Yeah. Not, not the CCM, College of Music. No, no, not uh, not CCM, as, as I, th- I think anyone would uh, right, expect. Yeah. But uh, so these individuals have a creative side beyond just uh, maybe traditional forms of art, and they're, they're great musicians. So uh, I was happy we had that in our, our library and able to promote uh, a Cincinnati artist like that. Absolutely. So, uh, Eric... Our first guest on today's show, as we mentioned in segment one, is M.B. Riley. She's the director of public relations. I think I screwed that up in segment one and called her director of communications. Mike, it's it's very, very possible you did. <laughs> director of public relations at UC, where she develops plans, coordinates, supervises, and implements efforts to build and enhance the national reputation of the university. That sounds like a pretty big job. It's a it's a huge job. So, MB, welcome to the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, gentlemen, good afternoon. It is a great pleasure to be here. We know how busy you are, and so uh, for you to take a few minutes out of your day to come in here and chat with us is a uh, honor and a pleasure. So, thank you. Uh, again, it is my pleasure. Happy to be here. So, MB, you've been around UC for. Let's just say nearly thirty years. You can near, say it, Michael. I'm okay Nearly with it. thirty years, yeah. and that is um, a long, long time. And you've been of service in many capacities. Um, so, for our listeners that don't know much about uh, what a public relations person does, how would you explain it to them? Uh, I guess I would explain it. Uh, it's perhaps a glorified term for a storyteller. Uh, in various ways, um, I and people I work with are telling the story of the university and of the university's wonderful faculty, staff, and students. Okay, so simple. so when there is a uh, breaking news or a news organization wants to know what's going on, they call MB? Uh, sometimes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. That's. I don't know if I'd want that job, Eric. That sounds uh Pressure packed. I'm, I'm sure it most definitely is more so than than our positions here as co radio hosts of Experiential Learning Radio here. Um, 
but yeah, absolutely pressure packed, uh, a lot of responsibility, um, the ability to adapt on the fly uh, to a variety of different constituents reaching out to you and asking for your opinion, which represents the opinion thereof. Right. Right. The University of Cincinnati. So, um, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So, MB, given your long tenure here uh, of close to 30 years, you've seen uh, a lot of changes here at the university. Um, what sticks out to you as being the most meaningful or important or exciting changes that you've seen over the years? Uh, I think uh – there's a lot of excitement, but I think what excites me is I like to think of the university uh, as we are on the cusp of 200 years of our history. We were founded in 1819. I rather think of the university's journey as the ascent. Uh, it is an ascent metaphorically. It is an ascent even physically. Lots of people don't know it, but we weren't always located where we are here on the academic ridge in the uh, Quarryville neighborhood of Cincinnati. We were located other places. We were located uh, downtown in various locations at some mm. points. Mm. And so as I look at the history of the university, I think of it as an ascent in terms, uh, in every way you can think of. Mm. Uh, experiential learning has grown tremendously at the university, as mm. has research, as has academics, our student enrollment, athletics, in every way, it is an ascent. It's a good way to frame it. Ascending. Um, ascending. Move, I like that. Moving uh, upward. And, and Mike, I think uh, she brings in physically, too, the structures that are in place. Every day I look around campus and I almost can't recognize it from the day before yeah. because there's a new building or a new project going in. We have the Shoemaker Center here, the, the famous basketball arena now under construction. We have a new business school going in. We have a new uh, a residence hall that I know is being developed. So, um, so yeah, a absolutely. It's We're going through kind of a transformation uh, in terms of infrastructure right yeah. now. Yeah, an ascending transformation yes. perhaps. Yes, well framed, well framed. Um, so, MB, right in line with that, of this uh, being on the cusp of this 200-year-old story, you have a wonderful book here that I've read. I know Eric started to read it. It is called The Ivory Tower and the Smokestack, 100 Years of Cooperative Education at the University of Cincinnati. Um, and so why did you write that book, MB? Uh, well, you know, Michael, there's, there's uh, always two answers uh, to almost every question. So uh, there's the uh, official answer. Uh, back in the early 2000s, the university was coming up on its centennial for cooperative education. And uh, it was founded here at UC in 1906. And we needed a way to mark that occasion. And, you know, a book is for eternity. Uh, with with all due respect to the digital age, uh, digital uh, materials come and go. Mm -hmm. A book is is forever in some ways. So that's that's the official reason. Now uh, the real reason is my boss at the time walked in one morning, <laughs> leaned against the door jam of my office, and said, "How would you like to write a book?" Yeah. And I actually said, "No, no, thank you. That sounds like work. I'm really not interested." And then he kept talking. And then I realized that was a rhetorical question yeah. <laughs> that I was writing the book. Yeah. yeah, you have no choice in this matter. Right. Um, uh, I shouldn't have framed that as a question. 
So, MB, who is the book written for? Who is the audience for this publication? Uh, Michael, the audience for this is our alumni, really. Uh, the folks who have gone through experiential learning in some form. The folks who, you know, were our, our students uh, in terms of co-op. Young people, really, who, uh, you know, at one time were young people, really entrusted with important jobs. And looking back, uh, perhaps they're mid-career, perhaps they're older, uh, you know, or even young alums who are looking at their time and their experiences as students. Uh, you know, part of the great uh, story of experiential learning here at the University of Cincinnati. Yeah. MB, uh, you know, one of the, um, I would say, pivotal individuals that is um, – I guess a, a significant part of your your book here um, is Dean Herman Schneider. Um, does anything come to mind from you, kind of reflecting back on on writing this about Dean Herman Schneider that that really stuck out, or, or is something that was really significant uh, and noteworthy? Uh, like all human beings, I mean, he has. I think like so many of us, uh, hidden depths. Uh, you know, you have a few things that are known about him, and then as you dig further, you find out more and more. Uh, most people know that Herman Schneider founded Co-op here. They don't always know that he was a salesman. He hmm. pitched at other places, and they turned him down. Hmm. Uh, he was uh, very persevering in that when he pitched it, when he wanted to try this idea at the University of Cincinnati, the board approval that he received at the time said, uh, yes, you may try this, but we, the board, uh, we give our approval for the failure of which we will not accept any responsibility. How about that? Wow. And so he was, he was very persevering. Uh, he was also really a Renaissance man. Hmm. Most people don't know it, but he was a very gifted short story writer. Hmm. In addition to being an engineer, wow. he was an amateur sculptor. Uh, he, he was, was an a, artist. Yes, yeah. he was an ah. artist as well. He was a true Renaissance man. And, uh, you know, he really tried to develop those qualities in his students. And he was wonderfully, wonderfully fallible. Uh, I actually found people who knew him, uh, you know, when I was writing this book. And uh, there was there's one anecdote uh, where he would walk. To work every day. He lived nearby. Mm. He was extremely nearsighted. Uh, you know, would say that he could not recognize his wife across the breakfast table <laughs> without his glasses. Wow. But um, you were you were really at risk if you picked him up to drive him. You know, if you were driving uh, to the university because he was a germaphobe. Hmm. And ah. so, in the middle of winter, in, in the biting cold, he would insist that you roll down the windows if you picked him up to drive him to the university. Wow, wow. So, so a wonderfully gifted man, very disciplined in his work. He would work on something for one hour and no more and move on to his ne next task. Very mm. disciplined, laid out his clothes every night mm. uh, for the next day, but also uh, had wonderful foibles. Huh. Wow. wow. That's so cool, isn't yeah. it? A very uh, complex character yeah. uh, in this story. And, and I'm excited to continue reading the, the book and, and learn a little bit more about Dean Herman Schneider. Well, if you do that, Eric, uh, we'll give you a quiz and we'll see how <laughs> There we go. Are. I'm, I'm going to need to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then M MB, you know, there's so much. Your, your book is filled with so much um, 
of a strong historical perspective um, here at the University of Cincinnati and specifically cooperative education. Was, was there anything um, really unique um, or defining that, that you found in doing your research in preparation for this about uh, maybe the co-op program at UC or perhaps just about uh, the University of Cincinnati generally? Uh, I, I would say uh, probably just the rich number of individuals uh, and, and people who have comprised the University of Cincinnati. What is a university, of, uh, university at all except for the people who are right. engaged in coming together to explore and to learn and, and to push themselves? And I would say that, you know, the book is really stories about people. People want to read about people, and, and we see ourselves in other people, and we learn from other people's lessons. So I, I think if there is something that uh, I learned in writing this book and what I hope other people bring away is how rich our heritage is mm. in terms of experiential learning, the people who have really dedicated themselves to giving this community the best experience possible and and, and leading right up to the future, we continue that uh, since one anecdote is worth a thousand words, one of my favorite stories is during the Depression, it was very, very difficult to give students the experiences they needed. Uh, there was one gentleman who was working, you know, in, in helping students uh, find uh, their roles that would really work for them. And uh, when, when he found one, you know, he was looking for this student to say, I found you a position that would really work for you. And uh, he went to, in those days, people didn't have phones. Mm -hmm. So he went to the student's home and the student wasn't there. He knocked on the neighbor's door to try to find where the student was. While well, the student had gone on a trip to Michigan, he called up to the post office hmm. in the little town in Michigan wow. and had the uh, postman go out and find the student so that he would know that. I found you a job that I think's right for you, and come on down and take it over. Unbelievable. How about that for commitment? Wow. So, That's... Eric, I never want to hear you complain about the sheer number of students <laughs> that you have to advise when it, you're following in those footsteps. It puts uh, puts things in a new perspective for you when you're you're willing to go to those great lengths right. to, uh, to ensure a, a student has um, a significant work-integrated learning experience. What a, what a cool story there. That's awesome. That's awesome. MB, if uh, for listeners that want to check out this book, I know it's in the libraries. If they want to purchase the book, uh, I've seen it on Amazon. Are there any other places that perhaps it is listed? Uh, I'm not sure where it might be listed. I know you can buy it at Second Half uh, Books because um, uh, I hope I can say this because clearly I'm going to say it. <laughs> but um, uh, sometimes the book is given as uh, uh, awards to graduating students yeah. and uh, being starving students, they turn around and they sell it <laughs> at half price books. And I'm very, very proud to earn a student, you know, 10 or $20. That's, that's fine by me. There we go. Uh, nice. But if anybody were to really want it, uh, I think they can uh, clearly uh, contact me or they can contact the professional practice office. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we do have copies uh, available. And in fact, it's just been uh, translated into Chinese uh, oh, recently. Is that so, right? Wow. So that our students who are our University of Cincinnati students who are at Chongqing University in the co-op program there can have it for themselves I'll as well. I'll be darned. Outstanding. Herman Schneider's legacy is in China. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 
So one more time for our listeners, the name of the book is The Ivory Tower and the Smokestacks, 100 Years of Cooperative Education at the University of Cincinnati by M.B. Riley. It's a fantastic read. Strongly suggest that you uh, pick it up. So, M.B., before we let you go, we like to ask all of our guests sort of a standard question, which um, is answered in all different kinds of eclectic ways. But... Why do you believe that experiential learning matters? Why is it important? Uh, That's tremendously easy to answer, Michael. Uh, Experiential learning matters because it's real. Uh, It is real trust. It is real responsibility. Uh, In the case of co-op, it's real money. So uh, experiential learning matters because it's real. And I do want to preface that it's not that the academic classroom uh, knowledge is not real. It's simply that we all learn in different ways. And as we try to grow, I mean, the purpose of a university is to create better human beings. And as we're on that journey, we need all kinds of learning to, to help us in our life's journey. Great answer, Eric. How about Love that? Love it. Love it's it. It's real. It's real. It's, um, it's applied. Yeah. It's discipline specific. I, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I love it. Well, MB, thank you again. Um, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I feel like we've just nicked the very top of the iceberg here in these short minutes, so maybe we can convince you, or as Eric put it, coerce you to come back on at a later date. Uh, but, MB, for the uh, listeners that want to perhaps email you, uh, is there an email address that you'd like to share? Uh, that, that would be great. You can, first of all, always go to the University of Cincinnati website and just uh, search my name. And that's Riley, R-E-I-L-L-Y. And for all of your listeners, that is the correct way to spell Riley. <laughs> Everybody else who does it differently they're wrong. <laughs> so let's, let's just be clear on that. Uh, you can probably uh, search my name and it's all over the website and you would be able to find that. Uh, uh, the email address is rileymb at ucmail.uc.edu. And Mike, I believe you have a daughter, Riley. I was going to say, so uh, MB, my, my daughter is named Riley. And, and it's spelled and incorrectly. It it's spelled incorrectly. So, uh, so well. Mike, I'm going to forever give you a hard time about uh, this. One more well, thing for the list, Eric. I yeah. think that was probably given to her and it's not her fault. It's, it's probably it's her father's da- fault. Yeah, it's so definitely just say dad's that. fault. Yeah, I blame, the, I blame the father most definitely in that Parents situation. Parents are always to blame. That's right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Stay with us. We'll be back for our third segment of the show with Amy Thompson from Leadership Action Cincinnati. Hang on. We'll be right back. I'm closer to my coffin now. The office on the table, but I'm unable found If you want 
Welcome back to the Tapioca Radio Show. You're listening to BearCast Media, coming at you live from the Jack and Jones Strader Studio, part of the Electronic Media Division of CCM. Eric, that song was rocking. What, what song is that? It's Jump On It, Mike. Jump sh- On It. By the Sugar Hill Gang. You haven't heard that from for a little bit, have you? Probably since your last wedding. <laughs> Thank you which, for that. Which I think the last wedding you were invited to is like circa 97, maybe. Right around there. All right. But I do remember the name Sugar Hill Gang. And so did you pick that song? I did not. That was all Amy, and it was a great song. And I'm actually going to keep it in my uh, mental archive for whenever we need to get get rocking in here again. That's going to be a go-to. I I like it. So Amy Thompson picked Jump On It. And now that I think about it, that fits her personality and her leadership style so well. So before we introduce Amy, uh, let me just read a little bit about her. So Amy spent many years as director at uh, Camp Joy in Clarksville, but has recently been named by the USA Regional Chamber of Commerce as the director of Leadership Cincinnati and Leadership Action. And that goes along with some other things that she's going to uh, talk about here. Um, But the one thing I wanted to point out here is that Amy was named, I believe, uh, one of the recipients of the 40 Under 40 Award. Oh, wow. So... Uh, her credentials and experiences compared to yours are uh, are makes you uh, humble. I'm uh, humble and clearly an, a novice in uh, in, in my ways. profession. Yes, yes. Amy, welcome to the Tapioca Radio Show. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. Good to be uh, with you as well. Thank you for uh, being here. I know that the parking situation is not always easy. And uh, I apologize for that. My my directions aren't very clear often. Eric's nodding his head in uh, agreement with that. Mike tends to be a little bit directionally challenged. That's true. And it, and if in fact he forgets a parking pass for which we should we should comp you for Amy. Ah, ah, he brought it. Look at that. Ah, I didn't he, bring it. MB came to the rescue. MB came to the rescue. I was going to say, if if, if he did, it was entirely your fault. Just trust the flow and things work out. All That's right. the um Here's my thought on that situation. Yes. When I think about experiential learning, you gave me that experience and opportunity today. <laughs> so thank you. It was a bit of a scavenger hunt. And, yeah. uh, there we go. I, I found it. So we're you good. maybe got thank to meet you. a few people because you had to ask for directions. That's right. And then you got to see new sites. And, and then I even went to the wrong floor when she finally did get on the elevator. We ended up in the basement. <laughs> Isn't Always that, an adventure. Isn't how many sh- how many shows have we done? In uh, this? this is thirty three, thirty three, and thirty two in in the Jack and Jones Strader Studio, yeah, Mike. Yeah, and you still it's are going to the parking garage. I'm still going to the parking garage. Ugh. Yes. So, Amy, uh, I know your story a little bit because I had the chance to work with you during Leadership Action, which was a wonderful experience. We'll talk about that. But we first met. I don't know if you remember this, mm-hmm. but I, we we first met when you were the director of Camp Joy. Which, if you're from Ohio, especially Cincinnati, everyone knows what Camp Joy is because most people, when they're kids, at one time or another, spend some time there. And I know how much you love that work. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what you did at Camp Joy? Absolutely. Camp Joy has been around, actually is celebrating 80 years. So not quite as long as this great institution, but 80 years is great to celebrate as well. Neat history 
that a uh, couple of church leaders from down in the West End realized there were kids that didn't have a place to play because the there had been these floods in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And they said, let's give them a place of play and give them a place of joy and get away from the devastation. And that's how it started 80 years ago and still exists today to provide kiddos that wouldn't normally have a camp experience a really positive, great mm. opportunity. Yeah. So it's, it's kids that um, are coming from low-income situations or mm-hmm. in foster care, mm-hmm. as well as kids with um, different medical conditions. It okay. gives them a chance to have a break from it all. And how, how many years were you a Joy? I was there 19 years. Wow. Mm. Wow. That had to be hard for you to leave and do something else, I can imagine. It was a really tough decision. As you can imagine, that becomes a passion and yeah. something I would have uh, done for the rest of my life. However, I knew it was time for me to challenge myself and grow as well. Very understandable. Very understandable. Um, now, Amy, uh, Mike had a chance to uh, talk with me a little bit about leadership action and um, and leadership Cincinnati, correct? And mm-hmm. so I, I have somewhat of a, a context and, and an idea of uh, kind of your involvement there. But uh, can you talk a little bit about maybe your transition from Camp Joy to your to your new role here? Absolutely. So what was really unique and why this transition was so wonderful is not only does Camp Joy serve children through the camp programs and through schools, but we also work with adults and team building and leadership training. And Camp Joy has been a partner with the chamber for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And so I got to know those folks very well and realized that I had reached a point in my career that I could make a different difference, if you will, Ah. in uh, impacting adults. Mm. I had spent a lot of time working with children and realized it was time to put my energy with the adults. Okay. Okay. So you were wooed. (laughs) I was wooed. Wooed by Dan Hurley, I would imagine, or a team and Dan Hurley, maybe. That's right. That's right. A a great team of folks at the chamber. I'd always found them to be such wonderful people that were really interested in how do we have greater impact here in the region? How do we make a difference? How do we elevate the leaders who are already really on their way to making a difference and um, increase that even more? Now, Amy, I... I heard a rumor that actually my my colleague and co-host, Michael Sharp, has been a part of your very esteemed organization. Leadership Action. Leadership Action. And I'm a a little concerned because Mike was identified as one of the the top uh, leaders in the area or influence (laughs) makers in the area. And so I had a a conversation with Mike about this, and I'd love to know the story because I'm sure he was an alternate candidate or some time type of substitute for uh, perhaps another individual in the community that could could have served much better in that role. Is that right? We have a secret committee. I'd actually, um, you know, have to kill you if I really okay. told you the real answer <laughs> on that. So sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm only joking. But uh, but nonetheless, Mike, you are involved and in, uh, in this initiative. Tell us a little bit about your experience uh, working with Amy. Sure. So. Um I didn't know about Leadership Action. I knew about Leadership Cincinnati, and I applied to Leadership Cincinnati a few times, um, and, and uh, to no surprise to you, Eric, did not get in. Um, some of the reasons I was given was that they don't want to take too many people from UC in every class, sure. and there were people that were much more important than I at UC that were selected over me. Um, 
But then I, I heard about uh, Leadership Action, which seems to be a little bit different uh, than Leadership Cincinnati in that it's more action-oriented, Amy. Is that right, that it's more? That's absolutely right. And, and let, let's back up there, buddy. I would not say that others that were more important were selected. I would say <laughs> it's about fit. Mm. If you think of Michael Sharp, this is a guy who really says, let's get this done. Let's jump on it, if you yeah. will. Let's yeah. be action-oriented and make a real difference. And leadership action is hands-on, and that's what you do. Yeah, well, thank you, you for framing fit. it. Thank you for framing it in that way. Uh, but it was a wonderful experience. We we started off uh, out of Camp Joy, actually. That's right. Uh, we had an overnight thing. And, Eric, you may recall me talking about this, my <laughs> throbbing earache. Mm. Uh, that this that was the only negative experience throughout the whole thing as I had this nagging earache. Mm. But I had the chance to interact with leaders from all different kinds of sectors, uh, from not-for-profits all the way to Proctor. Um uh, wonderful people uh, had the chance to build some uh, relationships with those folks, and we were able to support uh, local non for profits and try to collectively impact um, some of the underserved in our city. So sure. you'll never make it in, but I highly suggest that you apply. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. I, I appreciate that uh, and your subtlety, especially. Subtle's my middle name. Yeah. Mike, one of the, th- the things, and I'll, I'll, I just wanted to ask you, I know yeah. um, your experience uh, was very impactful. Yeah. And I know that Life-changing. You, life-changing. Yeah. I know you mentioned several times that you had grown a lot as a professional, you'd grown a lot as a leader, and I was just wondering if you could expand a little bit more on that. Sure. So as part of the class, uh, there are a lot of experiences that Amy and Amy's team create for us. Um, for example, we were able to go out to uh, Breakout. Is that what it's called? The uh, Puzzle Room Place. Oh. And we were asked to compete against the other half of uh, leadership action. So you learn about how to collaboratively lead um, in stressful situations, although it was more fun stress than it was, you know, real uh, stress. But, uh, you know, we we're able to do things like that. There was a little bit of drinking that was involved, um, which I think added to the uh, servant leadership um, vibe of the whole situation. Mm. But um, not only do you get the experiences, Eric, it, it really gets back to the fundamentals of what experiential learning is all about. Not only are you getting to apply what you're learning, but what you're learning and who you're learning it with is so profound. Yeah. Um, I have people now um, that I had the chance to meet that I never would have had the chance to meet that I'll probably know for the rest of my life. Sure. That's awesome. I love how the description is so cross-disciplinary and it's bringing Absolutely. together yeah. the really, you know, as I envision the the movers and shakers, so to speak, uh, within the greater Cincinnati community. So uh, quite an honor for you, my friend. Absolutely. And uh, and, and wonderful to, uh, to have Amy helping lead that. Yeah. So, um, Amy, I know a lot about Leadership Action. I don't know a whole bunch about Leadership Cincinnati. So um, how do those two programs differ? How are they similar? What's the key uh, components of each? Great. I'm glad you asked. I'd say the components that are similar for both programs is they are both designed, as you mentioned multiple times, 
how do you connect with people that you wouldn't normally connect with? So that's a big component. You're creating a network that will be both personal and professional resources for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's relevant in both programs. The other one is a leadership component. With Leadership Action, you had trials and tribulations. You mm-hmm. had times where things were working very well, and you had times when they were not. So you had to focus on leadership through influence and working as a team Leadership Cincinnati, you're thinking about your legacy. How are you making your mark? How can you elevate your own leadership after you learn about this region? Got it. Leadership action, you do much more of a deep dive into a topic area. Okay. And learn about, for instance, you really wanted to make a difference around workforce. In Leadership Cincinnati, you have a broad overview of the whole region. So each month has a different topic. Regionalism, um, the justice system, arts and culture, uh, health and human services, and the list goes on and on. Hmm. So a bit more of an academic approach versus the hands-on approach of leadership okay. action. Okay. I, I think you're right in saying I am a better fit for action than <laughs> uh, leadership Cincinnati. Would Would you suggest that Eric apply, Amy? Eric, tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> without uh, without the dossier in, in front of me, I think it would be difficult to determine I could be a, a reasonable candidate, Mike. So well, we'll save that conversation for another with time. With all kidding aside, Eric, uh, I think you'd be great in uh, leadership action. You'd meet a lot of really good people. It's clearly the, the radio voice, right? That's, I think it is, absolutely. It's the deciding factor. So, Amy, for our listeners that may be interested in learning more about Leadership Action or Leadership Cincinnati, um, what is the best way to to find out information? I'm glad you asked because now is the time. On May 5th, applications are due for Leadership Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. And then June 2nd for Leadership Action. Okay. So So May and June. That it's exactly right. And uh, the Chamber's website is the perfect spot to go, or you can just uh, Google Leadership Cincinnati or Leadership Action, and they will come up. Wonderful. So May, May and June, we have applications due, Eric. So if you want to do this, you have to get on the stick here, buddy. All right. Um, and people can go to the Chamber's website to find out more information. But in addition to Leadership Action and Leadership Cincinnati, Amy, as if that those two things aren't enough to do, you're also involved with the alumni of those groups. Is that correct? That is correct. And, and I'll tell you, I'm really excited about this opportunity. There are six leadership programs. We work with young professionals. We also have programs for women executives and then Leadership Cincinnati and Leadership Action. That has over 3,000 alum. And if we bring people together as more of a collective impact model, we can uh, really that move word. the needle yes. in this region. So we, in January, just brought people together as one alumni base. And watch out. Yeah. Here we go. That's amazing. So, um, Amy, you're a Cincinnatian. I am. And uh, we've had other people on the show to talk about this a little bit. Um why do you believe Cincinnati is a special place? Mm, great question. So many reasons, but I think it comes back to the old metaphor of the coffee cup. That if you want to make a difference here in this region, it's truly one coffee cup away. Sit down with someone, oh. and over a conversation, you can really make a difference in this community. So we're big enough to have big city problems, but small enough that we can fix them together. Absolutely. All right.
Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, also, thanks to our first guest, M.B. Riley. Um, as always, Eric, I would like to uh, uh, share who this show's sponsor is, but I always read these, Eric, so maybe you could read this one. Sure, Mike. I can uh, read our show sponsor, but it looks like I'm seeing this is brought to you by UC Forward, Mike, so oh, I, I assume that is... That's a typo. That's a typo. I'm uh, going to call you out on that. Um, however, I, I, I think I, I found can... found it. You found it? I was going to say, I think I can adjust on the fly, but... Oh, uh, you're just making this up, aren't you? No, no, I am not at all. Well, go ahead, man. All right. So this episode of the Tapioca Radio Show is brought to you by Leadership Action, a hands-on leadership development experience for senior leaders passionate about creating real change for the community. Each class selected works closely with a community organization to help move the needle and solve against the region's most critical issues. Wow. And that's the class, Eric, that I think you should apply for. Mike, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm, I'm way more um, engaged and interested now as a result of having a chance to, to speak with Amy. So Wonderful. Uh, thanks so much for inviting her on. All right, Eric. Well, it's time to get out of here. Is this our last show of the season? Mike, um, I don't know if it's or do we have technically one more? our last show. We, we could potentially squeeze in one more. What do you think? Well, unless you get sick again, which you're prone to do. Uh, probably not. Probably not. I, I think the weather's changing for the better, my friend. Okay. Let's uh, let's say second to last. We'll do it again next week. That sounds good. All right. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. You're listening again to the Tapioca Radio Show at the University of Cincinnati. Join us next time for our final edition of the show for season two. Um, we will catch you next week. Take care. Oh, yeah.